Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TSG Podcast. Happy Hump Day, everybody. It's your boy, James Green, in the building. I'm so excited, everybody. I'm so excited to do this episode for you guys. I've been looking forward to it all day. I'm ready to give you guys the news you've been craving for all day. And also I have some other things I want to talk about. Like, I was looking up what a what a futurist is and what a technologist is. And I've been looking up what they are and what they do. I'm sure you've seen people like that where they say, oh, they so-and-so futurist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and all that. I want to look into it, and I kind of have to want to say, I'm, that's what I'm kind of leaning to, what a futurist is. They just make insightful projections and predictions of what could happen in the future, like 50 years from now. And some of them were self-taught. Some of them were went to school for this. I didn't know you can go to school for that. And others have produced books, went on to public speaking lectures and all everything under the sun like that it seems pretty cool i want to do some research on that one so that because i think that might be something i might want to do it sounds interesting i think about the future every day so it seems like a good place to go so this is just want to share with you guys what i'm thinking about if you guys want to look it up you can look it up what is the futurist and technologist since i'm definitely passionate about both of them and what the future will hold in both science technology and economic wise so why don't you guys go look at that but enough about that let's get into the show i got some awesome stuff for you guys gonna be talking about t-mobile's 5g speed faster than verizon what how's that possible and the next one we're going to be talking about tardigrades and which is water microscopic water bears and how they can survive 30 years in a freezer and last but not least Call of Duty Infinite Warfare the beta is coming out and some more details on that. So sit back, relax, and prepare to get geeked out. So the T-Noble Chief Technology Officer Neville Ray laid out his vision for the carrier's move into 5G, which it's making a big in a big way. So they were working with Nokia, Ericsson, and Samsung. Timo will be able to show off speeds of 12 gigabits per second. Now, that's three times as fast as the trials Verizon conducted back in February. So, according to CNET, to give you a perspective on how fast 5G really is, 5G's trials alone represent a connection that was several hundred times faster than today's LTE and three times, three and a half times as fast as faster than Google's super fast fiber internet service. So it's pretty fast. It is blazing fast. So these kind of speeds are definitely a key to driving a whole new generation of applications, whether it's virtual reality, self-driving cars, augmented reality, or the ability for you to download the entire library of Seinfeld episodes in minutes. Not hours, not days, minutes. Minutes. That is mind-blowing fast. You can download high-quality HD movies in minutes with 5G speeds. That would be amazing. But... You got to wait a while until 5G comes out because it's not going to come out anytime soon. So the wireless industry hasn't come to an agreement on the underlying standards for this new technology. 
and most of the experts believe that the real ball will get rolling around 2018. So we still have about a year and a half until they have some type of standards out in writing and they all agree on. And so some more. As a result, these speeds, these speeds games don't matter much to what the service will actually look down the down the road. So AT&T, for example, claims it will it has hit 14 gigs gigabits per second on their own tests. So they're pretty up here. We're seeing 12, we're seeing 14. So it look, it's pretty fast. Still, Ray and T-Mobile is already working on the transition. A quote from the company, a quote from Ray says, 5G is something we are building now. So he's building right now. He's not going to wait a year. He's going to do this right now. So he's noting that the investment pouring in its LTE network will serve as the foundation for creating this network. So Verizon was the first one to sound the 5G horn last year when it jumped out with its intention to test the technology particularly as a way to influence the international wireless community. So AT&T followed Verizon's footsteps and has two test locations. Both of them plan to use 5G-like wireless ability to test out an alternative version of home broadband service. So instead of having a wired connection like like some, most of you guys have right now, it's of course me. So they're looking to make it into where you just only need Wi-Fi. You don't need co any more cords except to hook the the router to your modem to get the internet, and that's it. You don't need to have any other cords running around your house. So, meanwhile, the T-Mobile is working with the F the F Federal Commission's Communications Commission, excuse me, its majority owner Deutsche Telekom, Telekom and standards bodies in preparation for 5G. So. From the sound of things, 5G is a definite thing. It's definitely going to happen. It's going to come up in the future. I'm really looking forward to having 5G running all over the place. I'm really looking forward to have super fast wireless connectivity and speeds so I can download a bunch of shit in minutes and not hours. So I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys are looking forward to that as well. I'm really excited. And that's the technology news for you. Let's move on over. To some science. Let's make some science people happy. We're going to be talking about tardigrades. Now, according to The Verge, tardigrades can live 30 years in a freezer and survive in space. Scientists have figured out why. Or, or rather yet, how this happens. So if you don't know what tardigrades are, tardigrades, also known as water bears... They're microscopic animals that live through just about anything you can throw at it. That's, they can take us about 30 years in the freezer, rapid dehydration, boiling and freezing temperatures, massive dose of radiation, bath, bathing uh, organic solvents, and a trip in outer space. So this thing can pretty much survive anywhere on the planet, if not the universe. And today, scientists sequencing their genome have discovered clues just to how these animals can do this. How can they do the undoable for humans, which could one day help us learn how to do it ourselves as well. That would be awesome. We can live anywhere on the planet, no matter how hot, cold, how much radiation. That would be awesome. So, Chernobyl, if we can figure this out, we'd be able to send people to Chernobyl again. 
before that whole incident. All right, let me give you some more on the story. So one time, over time, the species gained the ability to tolerate damaging effects of any kinds of stresses the tardigrades generally endure, according to the results published in the journal Nat- Nature Communications. Now, part of this involved losing bits of their DNA that triggered cells to consume their own components and produce damaging hydrogen peroxide molecules in response to their environmental stress. But these water bears' genome wasn't just losing the, these um, these molecules that might the DNA that might harm them. They've also gained protective genes and evolved new proteins to protect them from their delicate strands of DNA from any breakage, which is awesome. When one of these proteins was introduced into a human kidney cell line, those kidney cells were able to withstand X-ray radiation and hydrogen peroxide sufficiently, significantly, excuse me, better than unmodified normal cells. Ooh, we're getting juicy right here. Are y'all? Te- I hope y'all are telling me we be able to withstand radiation now. But we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Let's read on. There are nearly a thousand species of tardigrades, which are usually less than one millimeter long and have four pairs of legs, like you know, like a bear, and that end in claws or and or sucking discs or suction cups. I want to say. For for those for the study, the researchers from the University of Tokyo in Japan sequenced a particularly tough species. It's not the first time a tardigrade the tardigrades had its genome sequenced, though. So their genome had been a subject of interest, d- intense debate. In fact, just last year, scientists from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill published the first whole tardigrade genome and concluded that a whopping 17% of their DNA was from other species obtained in the process known as horizontal gene transfer. Soon after that, another paper contested those findings, arguing that, in fact, those microbial sections within their genome were from contamination rather than swapping swapping DNA with other species on this planet. I mean, both sound really interesting. We need to go into more research to figure out which one is the real thing. But uh, they both sound real interesting, but I want to go with the contamination one. I want to go with the contamination one. So so today's study, which makes it number three, published about the gen- about their genomes. So the first of the species that is especially good at surviving extreme conditions. So the researchers managed to keep out contaminating microbes by disinfecting the eggs, starving the tardigrades, and treating them with antibiotics, a a regimen only the hardy water bears were likely to withstand. So the scientists calculated that only 1.2% of the water bears' genome was from other non-tardigrade species. Only 1%. It's not a lot. So among that 1%, were genomes that helped the tardigrades neutralize molecules that pro- like perogen- hydrogen peroxide that are produced in response to stress and can damage their their cells. So these new findings 
call into question the findings of the first paper and strengthens the position of the second paper. So basically what's happening is this third study that these scientists from Tokyo, they it supports the the hypothesis or the theory, the theory rather of the second paper saying, oh, they got this from contamination, not from swapping genes with other species. Since they have concluded only 1% comes from non-tardigrade species. So that is an interesting finding. So that is an incredible find. So the newly discovered proteins that make these tardigrades so impervious to the extreme conditions of the environment could one day cross, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, one day, one day enable us to harness that power, create cells that are restrict, resistant to dehydration or give crops the ability to survive in space. But perhaps even more importantly, they can give us an insight into creatures that will probably outlast us, out-survive us, and move forward even millions, if not billions of years longer than us. And maybe, just maybe, even cockroaches on this planet. I have a feeling cockroaches might outlast us on this planet, but I'm pretty sure they're doing a good job without the need of water bear genes since they've been around for hundreds of millions of years longer than us. So the tardigrades, they have claws and sucking discs after all. So I guess that's the conclusion. They have those things after all. I think it would be really cool if we can harness those genes for our benefit. I don't want not not kill them. I don't want. I don't hope we don't end up killing them. But just, just like, all right, we got these genes. All right, here's the genes that we need. Here, all right. Now we can put them in our crops so they the crops can last in space. That would be awesome. We don't, so we don't necessarily need to have soil wherever we go if the soil on whatever planet or astral body we're on don't work with these crops. Um, we can use their genes for us so we can survive in space. Well, well, at least, well I want to say for like a few decades, not, not exactly centuries. So that could essentially save us time. Uh, not time, but a lot of money in like hibernation chambers, so we don't have to rely on those things. And it'll be super dope to have this. I can I can definitely see us having these abilities into the future. It would be really, really amazing. Let me know what you guys think. Comment in the section down below. Let me know what you think. Give me your ideas on how we can use. The tardigrades genomes to help us survive in space. Moving on to some gaming news. We're gonna be talk I'm gonna talk about Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Beta. So according to the GameStop the GameStop, GameSpot, excuse me, for those who don't know, there's gonna be a multiplayer beta for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and it's gonna begin on October 14th. Ooh. That's three days after Gears of War 4 drops. Mm, this is going to be hard. I don't know if I want to play the beta or I'll be playing or I'll be busy with Gears all day. I, m I might squeeze in time for the for the beta. I might. So the beta is going to be available that day for PlayStation 4 and it's going to come to Xbox One on a later date. Doesn't specify what date. So this was announced today d during the Call of Duty XP opening presentation. Sounds like you need to pre-order to play the beta. What? 
They have a tweet. They have a tweet right here. It says pre-order any edition of Infinite Warfare and get access to the Infinite Warfare multiplayer beta starting October first on the PlayStation Four. So, I'm a little bit upset about that, and I have to pre-order. That means I have to spend sixty bucks for the pre-order of the full game just to even get the beta. Okay, if I'm spending that much money, I bet whatever XP or whatever um whatever new un uh, weapons I unlock during the beta, I bet that better transfer over to the full game. Otherwise, I'm going to be mad as hell. I just spent 60 bucks for nothing and then I got to start all over again. I might as well just wait until it drops. But anyway, if you guys remember back in 2015, there was a Call of Duty Black Ops 3 beta that also started first on the PlayStation 4 before coming out for Xbox One and PC. This sounds exactly the same thing they're going to do with Infinite Warfare. Also, during that briefing, Activision also announced that all 16 maps for Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare will come to the Modern Warfare Remastered. Eventually. Eventually it'll happen. So there's some more news for there. And also some bad news for you about the PC players out there, soon me included. You guys aren't going to get a beta. You're not going to get Call of Duty Infinite Warfare for the beta. I'm sorry. Doesn't say why. Doesn't know. I don't think they're ever going to have one. So it's just going to be open for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as of right now. As of right now, it's going to be for those guys. I'm sorry. I just They just seem to be hating on PC gamers right now. I don't know why. They're just mad because everyone's going over there now. Oh, whatever. They're salty, I think. But anyway, that's the news for you guys. Hope you really enjoyed this episode. Give this episode a like, share, and subscribe to the podcast so you can see when more episodes will drop. They drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So now you know the dates. Now you know when the new ones are going to drop. So get your go sign up, download, do what you got to do for that one. And, of course, follow me on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All the links are going to be in the show notes below. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, it's in the description box down below. Go follow me on there. There's going to be a website for this, so you can guys go check it out soon. I'm working on it. Hold on tight. It's all just going to be there, so you can go on there to check out all my stuff. I hope you guys really enjoyed. Have a good hump day. Peace.